electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, I'm Brandon Gomez with CNBC Tech Check. Thank you for joining us for today's live stream with Tech Check Plus. Um, I'm so happy to be joined uh, by, by two guests. So both Evan Horowitz and Jeffrey Goldberg uh, are with me. They're the co-founders of creative ad agency, Movers and Shakers. Uh, thank you both for joining me. Good afternoon, or I guess morning to both of you who are on the West Coast. Morning, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Brandon. Of course. Um, so I would love to start the conversation um, just by helping folks know a little bit more about what you do at Movers and Shakers, right? And I think for me, um, in understanding what you're doing, it was summarized in five words that I constantly found in, on your website when I was looking. Um, and, and that was uh, the idea that you are marketing to a different tune. Um, and so Evan, I wanna, I wanna turn this to you. What exactly does that mean, marketing to a different tune for our viewers? Yeah, well, our focus on, uh, is connecting brands into culture. So everything we do is about how do we make brands more culturally relevant, more buzzy, more cool. And the different tune actually goes back to our founding story. So uh, originally, our way in to help brands be more culturally relevant was to create original music for brands to connect them into culture and create really engaging social first campaigns. Jeffrey's background is actually a Broadway performer, director, choreographer. And uh, we've created now tons and tons of original music for our clients. We've gotten our clients on the billboard charts, on the Spotify charts, but we've grown and evolved a lot beyond that. So we're always looking for how do we create that culturally relevant campaign, whether it's a new platform like dominating TikTok. We've had over 200 billion views now just on our social campaigns alone, or getting clients into new and emerging frontiers like NFTs and the metaverse. Um, I want to, so I'm, I'm going to focus on the tune part of this. So you said you, you make your own original music. I mean, take me through that process. Are you working with artists? I mean, I mean, you know, run us through that. Yeah, for sure. We have, uh, some incredibly talented people on our team, music supervisors and, and writers, but we also have an amazing network of, uh, uh, of artists that we work with, uh, when creating music for for campaigns, you know, one thing that we've discovered working on a lot of platforms, but especially some of the newer platforms that are always sound on, um, like TikTok and, and Reels, is that music is such a huge part of that storytelling. And one of the ways that we help brands win on these platforms is by creating music that becomes the soundtrack of the story that they want to tell. And sometimes uh, to create music that becomes the prompt for other people to participate in that as well. And so the way we oftentimes do that is working with you know, up and coming new and really relevant rock star um, artists who are already writing the music that people are listening to and working with them to to work with brands and collaborate to uh, to make music for them, too. So, I mean, take me through that, Jeffrey, like uh, from the creative side. Right. So, I mean, what do you see that's working, that's resonating um, with the brands that you're I mean, you're working with you're working I mean, the list goes on to, and, and by all means, please share some more of, of, of the folks that you've been working with. But um, what is working? You know, you say that you're trying to tap into the talent that is already up and coming, that already resonates with this Generation Z, with millennial demographic. I mean, what, what do you find is working from the creative side? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think a lot of 
what uh, a, a lot of what brands are looking to do oftentimes these days and a lot of the work that we do is create these moments that create conversation and that creates some, you know, we call it virality oftentimes. And, and I think, you know, what causes that to happen hasn't changed, right? It, it really, it's about tapping into some sort of emotional connection, right? Creating something that's unexpected, creating something that's joyful or joyous or creating something that has humor or emotion. Um, and I think when we work with our brands, oftentimes we're, we're working through with them is what are those, what are those simple, humorous, joyful stories that your consumers already love to tell and they're already talking about on their own channels? And how can we you know, provide them an opportunity to tell that story? And oftentimes that is the beginnings of what creates some sort of viral or cultural moment. And I think we saw that when we did the first, um, the, the Eyes, Lips, Face campaign on, on TikTok, which is still the most viral branded campaign ever, I think, on TikTok. Um, 1.5 million people made videos using this music um, because it was a very simple invitation to show off your eyes, your lips, and your face. And it was a way for people to play with the brand in a, in a new and kind of unexpected way. Um, and we see brands as winning time and time again in that, whether it's doing things like the, we did the pajama jam with Amazon uh, the last few years, inviting people to have a dance party in their pajamas or you know flip their hair with Paul Mitchell and some cool transition to show your hairdo. Um, these are these kind of like simple, joyful, unexpected moments that, that, that people really love to share. And our creative is really built around setting up those moments for consumers. One thing we're really um, proud so of on the music front. Yeah, I was just going to add one thing we're really proud of on the music front at Movers and Shakers is we've sort of reinvented the jingle. You know, back in the day, the jingle used to be two things. One is it was super catchy, gets stuck in your head. And two is it's designed to jump out at you, you know, off the TV screen and into your ears. And now the way that we design music, it's still extremely catchy, but we don't want it to jump out. In fact, the way we write music, it sounds like what your customers are listening to already in their Spotify playlist. And that's our goal is to make it feel really culturally relevant so that they want to listen to it. It doesn't feel like an ad. They might actually want to make a video using your brand song and participate, which is what we see in so many of our campaigns. I find that so interesting. And I'm going to, um, Evan, I would love you to weigh in on this because of your background and your experience in marketing and advertising. And I, I appreciate the sort of uh, the evolution that you're talking about, right? From the commercial jingle to now almost like what has become sort of the TikTok trend of, you know, everyone wanting to do this sort of like copycat, do the next thing, be like partake in these things like you were talking about, Jeffrey, with uh, what you did with ELF that attracted Ellen DeGeneres and Lizzo and Reese Witherspoon, right? Um, I mean, Eons, uh, it was, it was, you know, long ago, I read this book called Viralnomics. Um, and it talked about what it takes to make something go viral. And so I guess from from your perspective, from your expertise, as somebody who looks at marketing and advertising, what is it about social media that sort of helps that that viralnomics equation that makes something go viral? Well, I think one new dimension that we're seeing now, especially with the rise of TikTok, is that Virality used to mean you got a lot of views on your brand's video, but now we've unleashed a new dimension of virality, which is that you can actually get a lot of people making their own videos about your brand. And that's totally crazy. And it's just changed the face of what viral means. So that ELF campaign, Elf Cosmetics, uh, as you mentioned, we had over 5 million people make videos for the brand's campaign, which is totally insane, right? So in addition to 
one video that the brand releases going viral, you now have all of those 5 million videos that can all also get views themselves. That all adds up to about 10 billion views just on that one campaign. And so the scale and proportion of what's possible is, is totally different now. And much better than just the sheer number of views is that we have all of those consumers actually participating, they're actually co-creating with the brand. And that's obviously just a much deeper level of marketing than what was possible, what was possible before. And Evan, I want to sort of get into like the, the, the business of it and sort of talk about, you know, the cost comparison too, right? Because what you're talking about is um, viral's new definition sort of being in terms of engagement beyond sort of just someone singing um, the jingle that they remember, right? I'm sure there are so many yeah. that are stuck with, with between the three of us that we still remember from seeing on television. Um, but you know, when we initially talked about having this conversation, it was a little bit closer to the Super Bowl when 30 second commercial spots were going for about $70 million or sorry, $7 million a pop. Um, and I, I'm sort of curious what working with you, what building this type of campaign in terms of a cost comparison, in terms of a return on investment, um, you know, both of, 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 of money, but also of time when it comes to building out these resources. Can you speak a little bit to how social media compares in advertising and marketing? versus maybe that more traditional TV or digital spot? I think what social media allows you to do is two things. One, and most important, you can just be immensely more targeted at with your marketing, right? And the old days of a TV commercial or a billboard, it's, it's very hard to target those. And so the money is spread much thinner, but social media allows just an insane amount of targeting. Uh, and the second thing that's really different is just the production complexity the, the amount of time and money people put into producing their Super Bowl commercials is just night and day compared to what we put into creating content for social. And that's because the best social content really feels authentic, what we call lo-fi. And so that allows you to stretch your dollars so, so much further as well. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious because uh, I think maybe the, the argument might be made, right, that um, when you run an advertisement during the Super Bowl, right, to some extent, you, you know what you get it. You know what you're getting. There's there's a bit of a guarantee, right? So just to, to read it, right, 112 million people watched Super Bowl this year. It's up 14% from last year. Um, there's this almost a guarantee or the argument could be made a guarantee of an audience. With social media, is there still that guarantee when you're not sure if something is in fact going to go viral? Is it is it riskier? Well, virality is intrinsically uh, unpredictable. So if you're if you're designing a campaign for virality, there is risk. And we see a lot of brands put out campaigns with the hopes that they go viral and they just weren't that well concepted or they just got unlucky and, and, and they fall flat. But by and large, when you're doing social media marketing, you're really only paying for the actual reach. And the way that the platforms design their cost structures is you only pay per exposure, whether that's impressions or click-throughs, there's different models. So in that sense, it's actually much safer than betting on what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Jeff, I, I'm curious uh, too, because when I'm thinking about sort of the audiences that you're capturing when you are targeting an ad towards the Super Bowl, versus when you're targeting one towards a, a social media campaign, um, you know, immediately I think of sort of the, the Gen Z consumer demographic, which so many are trying to figure out a way to, to target and to attract their consumer spending dollars. I mean, when you're designing or when you're creating um, these campaigns, these ads, I mean, how are you factoring in that audience when you're going through this process so that it becomes less of a risk, that it, so that it feels more like, um, like uh, as much of a guarantee as possible? <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. I think the key to that is really understanding, understanding that audience and also understanding where you're showing up for that audience. Um, I think different platforms serve different purposes in people's life. You know, I think uh, people people go to platforms like Instagram now actually to shop, to get served ads. You know, they they know that if they look for something, they're they're uh, you know on, online they'll get served ads for that on Instagram, and that kind of becomes this this place that's very different from going to TikTok, which for many people is that is that break, it's that entertainment value, and um, and so understanding how and why people are showing up in different platforms is key. I think the other piece of it too is different consumers, I think younger consumers, especially Gen Z consumers, they they wised up to advertising. You know, people get it. They know that they're being marketed to and sometimes they like it and sometimes they don't. I think the times that they like it are when brands are being honest about that, you know, say and doing it in in a really authentic way rather than trying to kind of you know, shove something in someone in someone's face and say, buy this. And so I think when brands are able to do that, and as Evan mentioned, this kind of lo-fi approach or very authentic, working with the creators in the community that these uh, young people like, um, people really appreciate that. And, and I think brands are winning for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's an interesting point to bring up. Um, the, like the awareness of, you know, Gen Z and, and millennial demographic that they are sort of being uh, people are vying for their attention, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I also think that that's maybe something that social media has come under fire recently uh, of, of doing, right? Of of um, using people's data to target um, those types of ads. Where I guess, and again, I'm just sort of think, thinking through this, and I would love for uh, either Evan or Jeffrey free both to weigh in. Um, that you know, people are now more aware of sort of their data, of the fact that, like you said, these ads are being run towards them. I mean, does that go into uh, maybe some of your strategy and some of your thinking when it comes to trying to measure engagement? Um, maybe if someone's engaged, they're feeling like they're actually not buying into something, but that they just genuinely are supporting the brand. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I think people are aware and the best thing to do as a brand is just be honest and straightforward and not try to pull one over on people, especially the younger generation, you know, because if they feel like you're being sneaky, then that's immediately going to get you called out as a brand. The best brands are actually very self-aware in their marketing and they'll just say, Hey, yeah, we're marketing to you. Yeah, we know that. But when done well, it feels like it's a friend talking to you. So the best brands are reaching the younger generations, especially Gen Z, their marketing just feels like other types of content that people are seeing their friends post. And that's when people can suspend the disbelief around the marketing and just engage with it and say, wow, that's a really fun brand. And that's really our goal in working with our clients is to make them fun and cool brands because the marketing just feels so authentic like that. And do you, do you see uh, yourselves at Movers and Shakers expanding out to other platforms beyond TikTok, Instagram, YouTube? I mean, what are the future technologies, the future platforms that we can sort of expect to see um, people in the marketing and advertising space moving towards? Yeah, very much so. I mean, our job at Movers and Shakers is to keep our clients on that cutting edge of culture and help them follow where those Gen Z and millennial consumers are going. So that's why we're the first agency, one of the first agencies on TikTok way back in 2019. 
Um, and so right now we're pushing our clients into those new platforms where TikTok, of course, is pretty much mainstream. We're super excited about some new emerging platforms, places like Twitch and Discord are growing super, super quickly, um, as well as new technical frontiers, right? Uh, NFTs and crypto is really interesting for brands. And we're doing a bunch of work there with our clients, uh, as well as the metaverse more broadly, gaming, um, Roblox, things like that are really exciting. New frontiers for marketing, because that's where the consumers are increasingly spending their time. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting things to unpack there. And maybe it's a follow-up live stream about sort of advertising in the metaverse and with sure. NFTs and and through crypto. But um, just, you know, quickly your thoughts on advertising in the metaverse. I mean, what does that look like? Well, it's a, it's the wild west right now, which is exciting. And I think there's many different ways that brands are experimenting. Um, the metaverse is, a, you know, just a really broad term for any of these VR and AR experiences. We see brands that are setting up shop in uh, virtual spaces like Chipotle, for example, opened a Chipotle outlet in Roblox and gave away free burritos that you had to go visit them in Roblox. And that was a really clever event. We see ban uh, bands and musicians hosting concerts in virtual spaces. Uh, so there's, there's lots of different options right now. And I think the jury's out as far as what's really going to be a viable marketing strategy. But what we do know is that the brands that are first are in our experimenting are getting a lot of buzz and just PR press from being willing to try something new and, and take that risk. Um, and, and Jeffrey, I know you have a, a Broadway and dance background. Any, any plans of, of doing some flash mobs in the metaverse in the coming months? <laughs> I'll never turn down a flash mob in the metaverse. Uh, I think people would be game for it. That that sounds like a first ever to me. So uh, it, I'll, uh, it's true. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to send us the link whenever uh, whenever you organize and, and set that off. Yeah, um, are you volunteering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'll, I'll get my avatar in there and involve. I'll, yeah. <laughs> um, well, listen. I appreciate you both joining me today. Um, uh, again, it, it, it's been sort of just a, a great opportunity to sort of see what's up and coming in, in the marketing and advertising space, especially, you know, as we talked about, people are trying to attract um, different demographics and take different routes um, and, and really uh, allow people to feel like they're a part of the conversation as opposed to, um, you know, their, their, their money just being spent. They can actually get behind and get engaged with brands that they support. So Evan and Jeffrey, uh, co-founders of Movers and Shakers, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.